0: um well thank you very much uh thank you charles thank you uh artemis for inviting me here thank you for all for being here uh this is a subject obviously that's been buzzing around like crazy in the airwaves and i'm sure there's a lot of uh questions around it i spend a lot of time uh, explaining uh, how it works to people this blockchain thing i think that's important um, because obviously when there's a lot of buzz and a lot of hype uh the tendency to kind of say all right well everyone's talking about it let's dive right in let's commit money and resources to this uh, um, thing And then, uh, 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 you know, what happens later on is that you find out, oh, okay, this is what it does. Uh, um, maybe we should have uh, sort of did a bit of research before uh, spending that time. So, what I want to do today is I want to uh, save you from all the research and all the hard work that I've done for about six years now. Uh, I have a software engineering background and I have an interest in economics. So this is something that uh, uh, appeals to me massively, especially as a technology, if it promises all these things, that it will change the world and it's going to uh, reimagine and reinvent the way we do things, uh, that appeals to me uh, from a technological point of view. But obviously uh, uh, a lot of you are not technologists, Uh, you have businesses and uh, uh, you need business cases before you can commit to something. So my aim today is to now uh, demystify what's going on here there's actually two uh, topics uh, here and they're fundamentally different uh, the one is the blockchain and later on you can see in the program i'm going to be talking about bitcoin so you might think well you know what's the difference and i, I want to show you that there are two totally different things of course uh, blockchain makes bitcoin possible but bitcoin has uh, 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 its aim is is something uh, that has the you know uh, the ability to, to change um, society you know uh, uh, not just business and the way we do business So later on today, I'm going to talk more about uh, Bitcoin, what it means, why it's significant and how it it works. And I'm going to now uh, spend this session talking about blockchain, how it works and and what are the the potential opportunities in blockchain. And by the end of today, uh, you can walk away from here uh, being confident that you now know what it is, maybe not from a technical point of view, but at least from uh, its its proposition, uh, its value proposition business or otherwise. Okay. so. so this is now the, the idea here is that we want to uh, uh, separate these two concepts, all right. Obviously, the, the Bitcoin aspect is going to build on top of what blockchain is and what it provides. Um, uh, but we're going to now leave Bitcoin to one side at this stage. Okay, so you can see uh, the, the blockchain now, why it's called a blockchain, uh, uh, we'll talk more about later on. But at the end of the day, uh, the, the, the concept of a blockchain is just this new kind of data structure. So if you've been using an Excel spreadsheet, if, you, if you've been using a, a SQL server database or any kind of database, what the blockchain is really is just a new kind of database. It stores information in it. All right. And that's why it's called uh, 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 well, the reason why it's called a blockchain is because those uh, uh, the the data that's stored inside a blockchain database is structured kind of like uh, 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 blocks of data that are all linked together. I'm going to explore that later on uh, a bit more with you, but just think of that as a chain of blocks containing data, and that's all the the blockchain is. But there's a lot of uh, interesting uh, features that it now gives us, specifically when it comes to sharing that information with others. Now, the the idea and the hope that blockchain has is that it's going to decentralize uh, a lot of the way we do things. Typically, in the world today, uh, we have organizations that are the custodians of information, and their responsibility is to ensure that that data is secure, that uh, uh, that it's it's, uh, correct. We've heard about the big data aspect. We've heard about security now just recently. Organizations have always been, throughout history, as long as we've had data warehouses, they've been responsible for storing information we've had one single entity managing that But what a blockchain does is it says, all right, well, we want to move into a world where we don't have to trust that single entity, that uh, now we can distribute that information uh, amongst multiple parties. And that means all the the participants in that relationship don't have to now trust one of those participants to maintain that information. This is the promise of what a blockchain gives us, the ability now to decentralize and uh, distribute all the data that is shared within some kind of ecosystem. Now there's lots of kinds of blockchains. Uh, We see uh, now that this idea of a blockchain is out there, it's quite simple to to generate uh, and create your own kind of blockchain. At the bottom there, there are different flavors of blockchain. Some companies are deciding that blockchains should be good at this sort of thing and some think uh, that it should be good at that sort of thing. Uh, some uh, organisations are creating their own kinds of blockchains. The idea now is this decentralised system. Now what can we do and how can we tweak it to suit our purposes. Now. Um, The the most uh, important thing now again is a lot of people are are saying that it's kind of like the internet again, where before we had this distributed network uh, across the world where everybody could now communicate with each other and share information with each other. The idea of this database is the same. It's a database that can now be uh, distributed around the world or or, uh, there's no geographic location that's required and then that information that's stored in that, that database, that blockchain database will be replicated around the world. So, what I want to do now is I want to give you a use case, uh, uh, something that you understand, and sort of trade finance uh, use case, so then you can start seeing what are all the features, what are all the important things that makes a blockchain database special. Um, And the perfect uh, example is a trade finance uh, deal because normally in a trade finance system you have multiple parties, they need to exchange information, they need to exchange value, Uh, we need to track items in a supply chain. So uh, this is going to be a use case that you can now look at and through this use case I'm going to highlight everything that makes a blockchain special. And then after this, you can now think to yourselves, all right, well, how can I use this in my own uh, day-to-day life? And what are the potentials here? Now, by the way, every single thing that uh, uh, you've been hearing about blockchain and uh, uh, people who know me uh, know that I'm becoming uh, less and less convinced that a blockchain is going to be something that uh, is immediately going to be taken into your organization, changed everything the way the way you do things uh, tomorrow. This is going to be uh, uh, still, I think, years to come where we can finally figure out what to do with this this new beast. Now the internet was like that, so don't think about a few years down the line as being you know so far in the future. Remember, 20 years ago, the internet wasn't much more than just a, you know a way to send email and to look at static web pages with very few graphics um, and uh, 20 years later now we have things like uber and facebook that have changed our lives and and, and consume us um, so a blockchain is kind of like that it's going to be something that needs to develop it needs to evolve we need to find the right place to put it uh, uh, what's going to happen is there's going to be a lot of use cases that come out of uh, this discovery that we're going to be all excited about. But then we're going to realize, okay, wait, that's not such a great use case, and uh, um, you know we, we can use existing technologies for that. But just like the internet surprised us, you know, 20 years ago we had no idea there would be such a thing as social media, that was a surprise, or that search would be such a big deal. Remember in those days, I remember uh, being a computer science student in the 90s, you know, no one thought search was going to be such a, a, an enormous thing uh, in our lives, and look what, where Google is today, based on search. So I think blockchain is going to be like that. We're going to try and apply it to business cases and use cases. We're going to find that they're wrong and 10 d- years down the line, suddenly there's going to be all these new things that we never thought were possible or we ever thought that we'd need and yet we spend you know, all our time uh, in them like we do uh, our, our social networks. Um, okay, so let me now give you this picture of a, of a, a trade finance situation, and in, within that, we're going to now see what makes a blockchain special. All right, uh, and then we're going to talk more about the hype that's going on around it and what industry is, is doing with it. Um, okay, so. When we talk about trade finance, it's quite simple, really. You know, you have, uh, if you can see right at the bottom over there, we've got two important participants here. One, uh, one of the parties wants to uh, buy something and they want to import it from some some location, and then there's the other party which is now supplying that that uh, uh, that good or service. And um, uh, uh, these are the two participants. Now, typically in a trade finance situation, there's a lot of of other participants that are involved. Like, for example, a bank. A bank usually needs to uh, give a letter of credit, so that the supplier knows that if they deliver the widgets according to some bill of lading, that's another document that needs to be created. Then uh, the the supplier will know that they will get paid. That's the guarantee that they require. So we need a bank involved and uh, uh, some other parties involved, and a lot of paperwork uh, to be able to make. sure that this deal goes smoothly in the world that we live today so normally what happens is there's a contract that is signed uh, that is created and on that contract there's a a number of things if you can uh, see them uh, it's very uh, faint at the bottom but what we have now is we have let's say let's call them provisions or if it is a bill of lading we have a number of steps that need to be fulfilled within this contract before uh, the goods perhaps can be released or in, in this case over here the money can be released So what a blockchain allows us to do is to be able to create the situation without the need for a bank to now get involved and issue that letter of credit. Uh, We can now create what's called a smart contract uh, within a blockchain that runs autonomously. It ensures that all the provisions that have been uh, specified on that contract are fulfilled and, are, are, and um, are, are honored. And then if they are honored, that smart contract, it's kind of like a little autonomous robot. Uh, it, it can then decide, all right, according to these provisions, I'm now going to release money to the supplier. So what happens next is that in a blockchain world there is another concept of uh, value that you can now put into a blockchain. You can actually put money into a blockchain or a token uh, that represents money. So now uh, most famously the blockchain that we uh, uh, know now about is Bitcoin. Bitcoin is all about money. You know a new kind of uh, token that represents uh, value. But you can create your own blockchain for this particular situation and you can say right here is a token that represents some uh, money. And what we're going to do is we're going to load it into that smart contract. Now what we have is that the supplier can look at this contract and say, yes, these are the things that I need to fulfill. These are what I'm obligated to do. And there I can actually see the money sitting in the contract. And I know that if each one of those items gets ticked off, that that money is going to come to me. So a bank isn't required in this particular situation. So, now what we're going to do is we're going to see all the other uh, participants in this chain because they are all required to fulfill the obligations on this contract. So, what we have next is, uh, uh, it's difficult to see, Uh, we're now going to be building up our blockchain. And what this blockchain is, remember I told you, it's a decentralized data store or a database that the participants that are involved in this relationship can all have access to and they can view. So what we've got now over here is a, um, a smart contract built into this blockchain that is now autonomously going to ensure that the terms of the, con- the contract are fulfilled. And we have this data space which is going to keep track of where things are and who's got what. All right, so what we've now done is we've created a little block or an identity on the blockchain. Identity is another important aspect of a blockchain. You can actually uniquely identify participants in a blockchain. So uh, just like you have an account number at a bank that identifies you, you, your account, you can have accounts on a blockchain and you can have value on those accounts. We don't call those accounts accounts though, we call them addresses which is like an email address but now we have a blockchain address which now uh, uh, you can use to restore value and you can also use to keep track of items that you are now uh, moving around. So what the next? What we're going to have next now is our supplier is going to produce that box of widgets and there is the little box over there and at the same time we're now going to create a new token which we are going to now, um, uh, which is going to uh, represent that box of widgets. We're going to assign that token to the identity which is the supplier and you can see now that that token is sitting in that block which now represents the identity of the supplier. Okay. But now we've got a whole chain of supply over here and uh, part of the provisions at the bottom that were defined in the contract is that this shipping company now needs to pick up those widgets so what happens is those widgets uh, a new block is created a new identity so you can see a second one is created on the blockchain uh, all the participants can now see that the token is sitting or the widgets are sitting at the supplier and what happens next is that the widgets move and at the same time we now say all right we're now going to move that token We're gonna move it, which represents the widgets, to the new, um, the shipper over there. And as soon as we do that, the contract at the bottom says, ah, I've just detected that this box of widgets has now moved to this uh, shipping company, which means now we're going to tick off one of the provisions on this contract this is all managed autonomously once the contract is built you don't have to have somebody sitting there managing all this information this is what makes it really interesting to be able to now have these autonomous robots if you like uh, managing this whole process okay and the supply chain goes on we now have let's say a customs authority or port authority that was part of the deal the widgets a new identity is created on the blockchain the widgets then move the token then moves to the uh, port authority everybody can now see this immutable chain of uh, ownership, we can now always know where in the supply chain that token is sitting, and we know its history. This has a lot of implications. If you think about uh, potentially one day you going into your sh- into the grocery store, and you can say, "All right." I want to buy these, th- this, these uh, vegetables or I want to buy this uh, produce, I want to see where it came from. You might be able to now scan a, a barcode on that thing and then it will show you the history of where this uh, uh, item came from. And that might give you a lot of confidence. You can now know that um, you know, it came from an e- a source that you are, uh, are aware of. Um, diamonds, for example, are being used in this case to know uh, if they came from an ethical source. So, this idea of uh, provenance is now uh, we have the ability to always know where things come from in this database another important thing is that it's immutable which means once you've recorded an item or something at what's called a transaction in this database it cannot be changed so it's a very good way of storing uh, um, where things come from the provenance of things so again we're almost there at the the supply we now have a warehouse that those goods need to be shipped to Um, there they get moved the token is now uh, uh, sent over there and and the third item is ticked off on the list and eventually uh, what happens is those goods move to the importer and token is moved the final item is ticked off on the smart contract and the money moves so this is now giving us all the ideas uh, about what a blockchain gives us, all the ca- its capabilities. It has this decentralized distributed ledger or database that anybody who's participating in this uh, arrangement can now access and look at. Uh, it's very transparent. It's very, uh, easily to, uh, uh, it's very easy to be audited as well. It's immutable, meaning that once you put something into this database, nobody can go and change it. From a security point of view, that's very important because we know that uh, fraud can happen quite easily if somebody who's uh, an administrator or somebody who gets into a database can easily change things. And then once they've changed it, you know, you, it's very difficult to know, uh, you know, is this legitimate or is this uh, uh, has the fraud been taking place? So a blockchain gives us that ability, this immutable ledger. Um, Uh, has identity um, and uh, uh, we can have this smart contract idea and we also now have the ability to actually record assets on the blockchain and that token by the way doesn't have to be uh, a physical thing it could be a digital thing and uh, as straight is now uh, showing they can now put securities on a blockchain and uh, that means uh, you can do the same sort of thing and potentially one day um, make that whole process of uh, trading securities much more streamlined um, with a lot less risk involved uh, so, this is essentially what a blockchain gives us um, all those different features. And uh, you can see now why there's kind of a lot of excitement in this space to say, all right, good, we, we can replace a lot of the existing systems that we have with a blockchain and it will give us all these superpowers. But um, uh, 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 now, people like myself uh, who have been working with this technology for years and also building POCs, uh, consulting to uh, banks and other companies, you know. Um, even though uh, a blockchain is very interesting and it has these uh, these properties a lot of them aren't really unique if you want to think about decentralizing a system, then a blockchain is actually quite interesting. But I don't think that the world is moving into a place where we do want to decentralize everything. I think we're still going to live in a world where we have trusted organizations or intermediaries that manage things. I think that's you know, um, a little bit anarchic to think that one day we're not gonna have any intermediaries or uh, entities that uh, manage anything on our behalf. But if you do have a system like that, if you're saying, well, we don't really trust entities at this stage. We don't want to have to put our faith into a, a, central, a centralized organization, which is managing parts of the system. Well, now we, what we want to do is we want to now disintermediate everybody and create this autonomous system that can manage all these things uh, in, uh, on our behalf. Um, so that's where I think uh, uh, the, the potential lies uh, from decentralization. Decentralization is a key concept when it comes to blockchain. If you are looking at a problem, a business case, and you're saying it would be really good to have decentralization in this case, then consider a blockchain. But actually, everything that I've just described right now could easily be replaced with existing technology. I mean, If you think about a SAP system, let's say, for example, that all these participants now have access to. They're creating purchase orders and and invoices and all that sort of thing. You could do that with, with the existing technology far more efficiently. But um, you wouldn't have the, uh, uh, now it's all centralized. And uh, if you are thinking that that's not good enough, then perhaps you can consider a blockchain. What I want to do now is just give you uh, uh, all the kinds of um, use cases that people are, are not all of them, there's so many use cases. You know, there's a lot of hype obviously in this space, you know, World Economic Forum saying that, you know, it's gonna become the beating heart of the financial system. Goldman Sachs saying it's gonna change everything. Um, I think that's uh, uh, overhyped, of course. Um, But there are some use cases out there that people are now uh, investigating and they're putting real money behind it and seeing if blockchain can solve problems that were unsolvable before. So I'm going to give you a kind of overview and a survey of all those types of use cases so you can see where this is going. Um, uh, As yet, and I'm going to always caveat that when it comes to blockchain, uh, none of these ideas really have been uh, implemented in a production environment. As I said to you before, we're in those early days where there's a lot of promise but at this stage, you know, we haven't really seen a proper business case that says blockchain can do something that we could never do before and now, you know, life is better. But let me give you a quick uh, overview of, of uh, some of those uh, use cases. So well, of course, the first one is, is, is uh, payments. Uh, uh, if you're thinking about a, a token on a blockchain that is distributed around the world and you, and you want to now move that token that represents money, it's very uh, easy to do that in a decentralized way. Uh, you know, anybody can be a participant in this and you can now send a token uh, um, uh, directly to that person. It's a, it's a peer-to-peer system. So it, it looks like uh, that blockchain will be able to uh, at least introduce efficiencies when it comes to cross-border remittances, maybe interbank settlements, um, that sort of thing. Again, uh, uh, it requires a lot of um, uh, work in terms of compliance and regulation and you know, the legal aspects. Is Are you allowed to just suddenly you know, move large amounts of money from here to China? Um, So there's going to be a lot of work involved in this space, but to my mind uh, uh, blockchain and particularly uh, decentralized currencies like Bitcoin have a, a tremendous amount of potential when it comes to moving money across borders. Um, we know how, I mean, Africa has the most expensive uh, corridors in the world, you know, up, to, up to 20%. You know, with, a, with a blockchain, you could literally move a million rand to, Ch- uh, to Zimbabwe. It'll take a few minutes and it'll cost you maybe a dollar or two dollars to do that. And uh, you can't doubt that that is uh, a tremendous potential. Okay, so pay my, payments to me is, is, and that's why I have it first is to me that's where the most immediate potential lies and opportunity lies for blockchain. Um, but there are others, um, securities as I mentioned, You know, uh, the ability to now uh, digitize a, 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 some share or something like that uh, as a token, you can now uh, p- uh, um, potentially uh, trade that in a peer-to-peer fashion. Again, a lot of regulation and re- compliance uh, issues around that. Um, uh, smart contracts you know smart contracts are, are they, a lot of people are saying smart contracts might you know make lawyers um, you know uh, redundant in some in some way which to, to me isn't are there any lawyers here no well I can say it freely then well that's not such a bad thing uh, um, but uh, who knows you know obviously there's a lot of complexity when it comes to contracts a contract uh, a smart contract is badly named that's not really a contract it's not a legal document and also legal documents are complicated and ambiguous that's why we need Need uh, judges and lawyers to interpret them. Um, all a smart contract really is is a bit of business logic. So uh, uh, you know it might make the, the, the legal industry more efficient in terms of trade finance. It seems like it had, uh, there's potential there, um, but that's an uh, avenue that's being explored. Um, okay, that, that's the the legal industry that I talked about. Um, the Internet of Things. You know, uh, at the moment, uh, you know there's a, there's a lot of hype about Internet of Things where our devices are now communicating with with each other, with you know with us. Um, sometimes those devices need to transact value and uh, you might not want to uh, give your your credit card to your fridge to buy milk if it runs out so potentially we could now have internet of things for uh, acting value uh, in terms of uh, blockchain currencies. Um, there's a lot of, uh, in fact, a lot, uh, the people who are involved in Internet of Things are saying that this is kind of the missing piece, uh, we've needed this, uh, uh, this aspect. Also, as a, an identity thing, remember I mentioned blockchain has this uh, concept of identity. So if we have billions of devices around the world, how do we uniquely identify those devices? Uh, potentially with a blockchain address. Uh, that's one the one other thing. Um, I de- well, there's identity. So uh, there are companies now uh, that are trying to reimagine social security or even passports, potentially creating digital identities uh, uh, that uh, that are universal. Um, that's uh, uh, another avenue that's being explored. Um, And then provenance was an important one. You know, if you can see where something came from in a supply chain, very important. Insurance industry has the company called Everledger, which is doing that. They're recording uh, diamonds onto a blockchain. And as it gets sold, now that, that transaction gets stored in a blockchain. And if you have a diamond, if you purchase a diamond, you can now see where it came from, in case it's a blood diamond or something like that. Um, this, to me, is a little bit more speculative, and, but uh, the, apparently the health industry is interested in this. You know, Having the ability for you to store your health data on a blockchain where you can now have control over it and reveal that information to uh, people in, instead of having your records stored at some location, you can have control over who accesses that information. Um, uh, I know that to me is a little bit less likely but you know that's that's what's been spoken about and then uh, maybe titles you know titles to uh, property Um, um, there are some uh, uh, companies that are doing this in different countries they're prototyping things where you can uh, have a title deed on a blockchain and as a token and if you want to sell your house you can just send that token like an email Uh, if you sell your house and you know again conveyancing and all that takes time and money Uh, it's potential there's a potential for you to do this have your uh, uh, land or even cars or something as a title on a blockchain and transact that in a peer-to-peer way Uh, government Uh, there's a a a drive in some cases for government you know uh, one of the use cases is uh, potentially with voting There is a a, a voting uh, use case that's now being uh, deployed in Estonia by Nasdaq, where they an an idea here is, you know, um, if you have an address and you're a candidate, and there's a my, my my opponent has an address, and I give every one of you one token. Then you can all send that token to one of our addresses. We can all see in real time who is getting the most votes, and uh, it's impossible for you to now send that token again to the other candidate or send it twice because once you've, it's left, you it's arrived at the candidate. This could potentially, you know, um, disrupt the way voting works. Imagine if, you know, in South Africa, we could now see up to the second and absolutely with absolute uh, um, authentic you know uh, data is, is, is accurate we can see who our, of our candidates are getting the most votes if any country does this I can imagine countries around it being under huge amount of pressure to do the same thing you know if, if, if uh, South Africa does this uh, and some says no well then everyone's going to say well now we don't trust your, pro- your your processes so this could potentially disrupt that whole thing you know where we can have a lot more um, verification on, on how voting happens um, Security uh, sec- uh, Security is being touted because blockchain, one of its most famous things that, uh, that makes it special is that it's incredibly secure. Um, it's very difficult to uh, m- make uh, uh, changes to the blockchain. It's practically impossible to, to be able to amend the data on a blockchain. So maybe what we could do is we could, we could um, uh, uh, co- uh, have what's called a, a fingerprint of data. So let's say you have a document over here and you want to make sure that nobody changes this document. Um, you can now create a fingerprint out of that document and put it onto a blockchain and then later on if you want to confirm that that document hasn't changed you can check the fingerprint and if it's the same fingerprint in the blockchain then you know the data hasn't changed. So this could potentially make uh, things much more secure in terms of of, uh, our data. And um, uh, um, trade finance, that was the, 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 the thing that I spoke about. And then finally, uh, and most interestingly, and to me, this is actually, even though the most far out, it's actually happening today, um, in terms of uh, decentralization, I mentioned that the most important thing about a blockchain is, is decentralization. And if you think about Uber, Uber is uh, a company that we all look at and say, oh look, well there's decentralization. Uh, Now drivers and passengers are communicating with each other and they're paying each other. But actually Uber is a very centralized system. You know, uh, Uber is acting as this glorified payment hub. Um, Well, imagine this, if you can now pay your driver directly, then you don't need an Uber to now sit in the middle of that, this billion dollar company, multiple billion dollar company. Um, That's what blockchain can do for us. Uh, uh, remove anybody who acts as an intermediary which is uh, uh, facilitating payments now that goes further than just an Uber type thing if any of you have used Google Drive or Dropbox or something like that This this exists, I'm not going to talk about science fiction here, this is what works, this is existing today. Um, Every one of you have a hard drive uh, and on that hard drive you might have a few gigs of excess capacity that you're not using. Also you might have some RAM that you're not using and CPU cycles, all that, that, that kind of stuff. But imagine if you could kind of Airbnb your laptop. What do I mean by that? Google Drive, you pay Google Drive so they can give you a piece on their data center to store your files. Well, imagine if all of us came together in this room and we all contributed a a gig of hard drive space to a big network and that means now we could sell that gig of hard drive space to uh, people who want to store their their information online. So, uh, uh, this exists today. You can now go and actually start storing your data on thousands of people's computers redundantly. So if one laptop shuts down, then it's available in another space. And what you do is you pay microtransactions to the, to the people who are providing that service. So I think that what's going to happen in the future is that, uh, not even in the future now, I mean, uh, this, is not a, this is not the future, this is, but more and more in terms of uh, uh, you know, more widespread, Is that Google Drive is going to become uh, redundant? Um, And what about uh, uh, and if you can do that? If you think about Amazon Web Services or these cloud hosting companies, where they are offering you uh, um, um, processing power on their machines, well, you could now do the same thing. You could now offer maybe a small bit of RAM on your computer, which could be which could contribute to a big pool of of of, uh, RAM. And that means now people could start hosting things, um, and I, keep, I must not say could, because this is happening. People are hosting email servers, web servers, in this big decentralized global network of people like us. And we're charging for th- that privilege, tiny little microtransactions, without the need of a credit card or a bank to do that. So I think that the disruption that's going to happen is, is not just going to be um, you know, um, in terms of, 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 of just payments itself and and disintermediating the banking system. Which when I talk about blockchain, a Bitcoin, I think I, I think that's true. Um, but centralized services that are offering digital services, um, you know, I think Google has uh, is at risk here. I think Facebook is at risk because now you can have a, a decentralized peer, uh, uh, fa- a social network. Um, so those kinds of companies, the giants of the digital world that we look at and think they will never change, it'll never go away, and they're here forever. Blockchain is going to put a serious dent in their uh, business uh, case, and uh, I think uh, those are the companies that are are most at risk in terms of blockchain. So it is exciting unless you're one of those types of businesses, Um, but uh, uh, I think the disruption that's coming is going to be in that kind of way, not so much where now existing organizations like the banks or the insurance companies are going to now be able to take blockchain and reimagine themselves and make things more efficient and better, faster, um, and, and at the end of the day don't really have much impact on the users of those systems. Um, you know, I think blockchain is going to have a much greater impact on that. It's going to create new uh, uh, industries or new businesses um, that uh, uh, completely make um, those redundant. So it's. You know, disruption. I don't want to harp on the disruption, um, you know, because uh, there's so much hype around blockchain right now. But I think the hype is is misdirected, um, in a good way. Uh, okay, so um, that's what the that the, the last little slide is there. Now, obviously, there's a plenty of investment involved in in blockchain right now. Um, but then remember, there was a lot of investment in the internet in the early days. And uh, I think a lot of this investment is is, uh, not going to go to waste because it's going to have developed uh, a lot of uh, people who now are skilled in the space and then, you know, they can shift away. But of course, uh, uh, the hype is is enormous um, and there's a lot of investment. So I don't think we should think lightly about this. You know, if there is any aspect of what I spoke to you about today that could... T- potentially touch your life. Then I think it's worth uh, getting into it and looking at it because you might be able to invent this, the next, you know, the next business of of the future. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity in, in that respect. And uh, you know, obviously, blockchain, like the internet, uh, probably one day will pervade our lives, and it, it is worth. Keeping an eye open for it, reading up every now and again, you know, uh, seeing what's going on, because the amount of investment is not uh, uh, trivial, and there must be a lot of smart people out there who expect uh, expecting things to happen. And then also, uh, uh, we spoke about cloud, but you know, there are it is becoming much easier nowadays to work with blockchain. You can, you know, just fire up an IBM uh, Blue, um, what's it called, Uh, Bluemix. Uh, a, a blockchain or uh, you can go into uh, Microsoft and, and fire up a blockchain there as well. So it's quite easy nowadays to just in a very low cost way to get your IT guys to just go and fiddle around with blockchain and see what it's all about. Uh, it's becoming a lot more interesting. But now uh, Gartner, that research company that we spoke about before, uh, has identified a clear hype cycle with uh, with blockchain. And uh, we were about over there and I, I, I fully agree. Uh, I think that uh, in the next m- the months to come, all this investment that is going in you know, by these banks and creating consortiums, I think they 're going to realize you know blockchain isn 't all that you know everything can be done quite well with existing technology so be prepared for this you know don 't put all your eggs in this basket, but um, I do think that eventually we 'll get to the other side like we did with the internet, and um, there'll be uh, uh, you know a lot of amazing things that come out of this um, Okay, so uh, uh, and then obviously, now I'm going to talk more about this idea when we talk about Bitcoin, but you know uh, governments right now are, are uh, central banks specifically, are thinking about uh, 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 blockchain in terms of a decentralized currency. So, um, you know, whether or not this works uh, uh, it remains to be seen. When I talk more about Bitcoin, I'm going to talk about how this is, uh, I think, misguided again. I think that there are some fundamental shifts that are happening today in the world from a global macroeconomic geopolitical kind of uh, view that uh, uh, is making the system that we know and love today, this sort of central banking system, um, seem less reliable and trustworthy. So, um, you know, this is a, obviously an important thing for a central bank to be able to know that they can govern uh, the financial aspect of a country. Um, that's crucial for government to exist. Um, but again, talking about the disruption and the, and the potential here, you know, um, uh, this, uh, the reason why I'm excited about this technology is, is not just because it's going to make you know give us new tools to play with you know I think we are on this kind of precipice or this uh, edge of a cliff from a, a, a civilization even point of view And I I, I try and say that without sounding too much of this, you know, uh, airy-fairy type person. But, um, you know, we definitely are in a very interesting time today, Um, you know, with uh, what's going on in the world. There's a lot of uh, geopolitical uncertainty, but also a lot of uh, financial uncertainty um, and a lot of over-indebtedness. And uh, I think that, um, you know, blockchain potentially, and in particular the decentralized currencies like Bitcoin, are going to not... Not destroy the world as we know it, uh, but uh, perhaps uh, save us from it uh, yeah. in spite of all that. Okay, so um, that was pretty much uh, what I wanted to uh, discuss uh, about um, a blockchain. And uh, when, we, when we get into uh, the, the, the Bitcoin aspect, I'm going to dive more into uh, what happens, uh, how the, that information is stored, and also uh, how you can now start interacting with it today. You know, a lot of the work that's going into blockchain right now is in the labs. You know, it's, it's, there's some uh, companies that are, um, uh, have these little secretive projects. You know, there's a lot in the media about what they're doing and all their high hopes. But um, most, for most of us, that is all just kind of out there and we're all just waiting for all this hype to kind of be realized. But um, there are ways that you can interact with it today. And uh, I, I hope that when we get through the the Bitcoin uh, aspect, then you can now see that it's not just this Ponzi scheme, you know, this, um, um, this to bubble, you know, this uh, bubble thing. It, there's a, a lot of real practical applications for it as well. And also it's something that you can get your hands in today and start uh, looking at it seriously. So I'll be uh, covering that uh, uh, uh later on today but um i wanted to leave some uh, time for questions i know i've still got about 10 minutes left so if there are any questions around the blockchain aspect i'd be pleased to answer uh, them for you thank you yes um, the consideration that so considering <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you see, essentially it's just another form of database. It's it not only as good as the information that's put in? And is the weakness not potentially security aspects around what gets put and what transactions get recorded? Yes, of course. I mean any system is only as good as you know what you what you're putting into that system. So blockchain isn't isn't saying we're gonna solve all that. Those sorts of problems, and I think that's now uh, you know why that hype cycle is coming to an end because you know we've been hearing all this this you know inflated talk about blockchain how it's going to just be this amazing thing, but of course you know that trade finance situation that I gave you um, that requires a lot for it to work. You need uh, buy-in from all the participants. You need everybody to now agree to this system and, and, and uh, there needs to be applications built around it. So at the end of the day, um, that information or that, that that system that you create, you know, you, you, you may as well just say, look, we now have a new system, a new SAP system, for example, and everybody needs to get it involved. But um, you know, uh, again, it's not just a technology issue that we're facing with all these ideas there's a lot of baggage that comes along with it, especially from a regulatory and compliance point of view, um, and also just from a technical point of view. You know, uh, I explain that trade finance deal as, a, as a, a nice way of streamlining this whole process where, where a lot of what's done is autonomously done. But um, uh, a lot of that requires a lot of you know, you know, further technical development. Um, there's a lot of inefficiencies actually built into a blockchain which makes it not suitable for general purpose information sharing. Um, The whole idea of a blockchain is decentralization. So to be able to efficiently provide decentralization, you need to make it very hard for bad actors to come in and mess with that system. Because if it's decentralized, it means nobody owns it and governs it, which means that it now has a very large, what's called an attack surface or an attack vector. So a blockchain was built specifically for chaos. It said, we want to make sure that nobody controls the system and nobody governs the system. But to do that, we need to now insert uh, inefficiencies which make it very expensive or complicated or difficult for those bad actors, and we know they exist, to want to come in and try and manipulate that data. So given the fact that uh, uh, those inefficiencies exist, it does make it uh, uh, much better as a, as a secure system because it's built for an insecure world. It, you know, It's, it's almost like... Being given a a very strong immune system so it can resist all diseases but because it's got such a strong immune system now it doesn't make it 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 makes it less efficient at some things you know maybe if it was a person it's not you know you don't you can't run as fast because now you're loaded with antibodies or or whatever it is Um, so yes uh, it's only as good as what you give it and it only works well in terms of a system that is expecting there to be a lot of attacks and by creating that kind of system, it now becomes less efficient. And uh, so we're going to see now that even though there's a lot of use cases out there, uh, that people are, are, are going to discover that it's more efficient to use existing technologies and to govern a par- aspects of that so they can enforce security models around that exist. Yeah? we saw was that, you know, if you look at the identity that you need to have on blockchain, if you look at the bank at the moment, the banks require you to have KYC. It's no different. And then the question that everyone always asks is who is the government and the whole works of blockchains to knock out the government? Well, uh, there's a very important aspect which I didn't touch on which is this what's called a private versus a public blockchain. Now, a private blockchain, if you think about uh, intranets in your company, you know that an intranet isn't accessible from outside and only the people involved in inside the company have access to it so um, what we see now is that uh, uh, and this is the, the theme is that if uh, when you see organizations now creating consortiums to come together to make a blockchain system and see if it can work what they do is they they create it within their own, own internal network so what they now have is the existing uh, in, uh, security infrastructure in place which is protecting the outside world but immediately now uh, you can see w- why that is kind of uh, you know doesn't really make sense because a blockchain at the end of the day was built to withstand attack from unknown parties now suddenly what we're doing is we're saying all right we're gonna we're gonna we are saying alright we are going we are going to we do not like that aspect of a blockchain we want to create a blockchain that only has known parties and so uh, we're going to do away with all this scary unknown stuff. But then suddenly now you will say, well, then hang on. Why do I need a blockchain again? Because the whole point of the blockchain was to create a system that is accessible from anybody and it it's, can defend itself. So this is why a private blockchain... You know, uh, to me that's the bubble. I think that's the bubble that's going to pop where all these private consortiums are now creating these private blockchains and realizing, hang on, it's way more efficient to do it with our existing, and by the way, distribution isn't, isn't, distributed databases have existed for a long time. So a blockchain isn't about distributed data. Those exist, and I'm sure a lot of your companies already use distributed data and data systems but uh, uh, the the most valuable thing about a blockchain is the public aspect, where you can now expose it to the world in a chaotic environment, and uh, you can know that the blockchain, just the way it's fundamentally put together, is going to resist those attacks. So, now again, uh, I can't see the future, but as uh, somebody who has built systems for 20 years, I've been building systems for banks and insurance companies, media companies, advertising companies, energy companies, and um, I know what it takes to build uh, an enterprise system for something like a bank. And uh, when I look at the blockchain, whenever somebody says, right, let's use one of these use cases, you know, the the first thing that comes to mind is like, hang on, we can do this already in a much more efficient way. Um, So uh, uh, that's not to say though, that blockchains won't work in that. I think it'll be short-sighted for me to condemn it immediately, especially since I've committed my entire life to blockchain. And I'm very eager to see how it can solve all these problems. Um, But at this stage, you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of of what's called FOMO, fear of missing out. So there is a lot of emphasis in trying to understand this this stuff. But I don't think it it is, um, you know, a a, a bad idea at this stage, if you don't have those resources, to just kind of wait and see. You know, I think that that is a, a prudent approach, you know, learning from others. Um, you know, will save you in the long run. And thankfully, we've got companies like Straight who are willing to do that and are, are, are innovative and thinking ahead and, and tackling this. And no doubt, they will find value at some point. Um, and in fact, if they're not even now, and maybe I, they, they are right now finding a huge value. I, I must pry a little bit more um, but so uh, uh, thank goodness for those types of companies hopefully they'll reveal some of their their secrets uh, uh, one day but at this stage as long as you are, are, are keeping you know your eye on it and and having a look you, you know you're not gonna you're not gonna at this stage miss out I can I can guarantee you that you're not missing out at this stage um, but again the the thing that I do believe in wholeheartedly that I think is going to change every one of your lives is the Bitcoin aspect now? I know uh, Bitcoin is a very sort of politically incorrect thing, you know, incorrect thing. Um, you know, when you're talking about a, a financial system outside of the, 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 the say controlled financial system, of course, you know, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna rub people up the wrong way. But um, uh, uh, it, you know, that to me, uh, having been involved in this space for so long, it is now clear to me that that is going to disrupt ev- uh, everything. That is going to change not just the lives of corporates and institutions and organizations, but every one of us in this room. Um, and so that's why I wholeheartedly at this point in my life can, can you know, speak openly and say, think of that, take that seriously. Uh, now from a treasury point of view, you know, um, you know, uh, if it's money and you guys deal with money, well then somewhere along the line you're going to have to think about how do you incorporate that into your, your thinking. You know, if people are literally storing uh, their wealth in, in, in Bitcoin and wanting to transact in Bitcoin and uh, wanting to send money to their friends overseas uh, or their parents or wherever overseas and money, well then that's going to have an impact on Treasury because now Treasury can think about keeping that uh, idea, you know. there's are uh, companies doing payroll with Bitcoin and trying to inc- include that into, into, into that sort of world. So, think of that. You know, if, you, anything, if you leave with anything today and when I talk more about Bitcoin, you're going to see why I'm so bullish on it. You know, uh, think about how uh, uh, you, know, you can think seriously about Bitcoin uh, as you know, maybe adding a, a, a value in that space. I think you, you won't do, you, you'll do well if you do that. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, so privacy is a very, very, very important thing. Now, this is why uh, the the whole idea of a private blockchain becomes a little bit complicated, especially within a banking environment or post-trade environment, securities environment, because at the end of the day, it is public, well, at least to the participants. So even though on a blockchain, you you might not necessarily know the identity of who is receiving assets or, or money on that blockchain, you can still see the flow of what's going on. And if you have the ability to identify an address with an organisation or with an individual. Well, now you can suddenly see everything that's going on. So um, this is why uh, the consortiums that we are finding now with uh, with blo- that are trying to introduce blockchains into the banking environment. There's a company called R3 that is trying to do this. They've realised that you can't use a blockchain in in, in a world in in, a, in an organisation that it, 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 privacy is very important, and not just privacy, but um, you know, you tr- um, know opaqueness in some respect you know Uh, you know if if you could see that bank a was transacting with bank b and you know that's no good So uh, a a blockchain, again, it it doesn't make sense in in that environment, you need to put all these kind of controls in to stop participants from seeing other participants' uh, transactions. So the the consortium, the famous R3 blockchain consortium, which is no longer a a blockchain consortium, um, they've said, we're going to build this up from the ground up, we're going to make sure that participants only can see the information flowing between each other and not everybody else. And uh, um, we're going to uh, use maybe a, uh, the flavoring aspect of a blockchain, like the, we'll call what we're doing here with smart contracts and we'll, and, you know, we'll have a, a cryptography. But at the end of the day, what they have found, and, and again, they've been doing this for uh, more than a year, getting all these banks together to now investigate this. They realized blockchain is not going to work so that's why this bubble um, and you know we can look at them now and we can say they spent all this money all this effort and what did they find out at the end of it all was that blockchain doesn't work in that particular environment to me it just make proves again that a private blockchain is important now why how why would i mean a public blockchain but now if a public blockchain is transparent and everybody can see what's going on then what happens if I have an identity on a blockchain which represents my account and I have money in that account and I want you to pay me, for example? Well, I'm going to give you that account number, that address, and it's going to take you five seconds to go onto onto a blockchain explorer and go and see how much money I have and see all the transactions in and out. So it doesn't work like a bank account. There are going to be new ways we have to think about how to use a blockchain and maintain our our privacy. and uh, there are, you know, uh, things that we can do nowadays to do that, uh, and there are uh, services that are coming in play, uh, coming into play. So yes, privacy very important. A blockchain is public and transparent by default, although it's it's not anonymous. It's what's called pseudonymous, which means you can see everything that's going on, but you might not necessarily know the identity of the people who are transacting. So that's one of the aspects of it. It's a new paradigm. It's a new thing. Also, by the way, um, uh, when we talk about uh, uh, the, the Bitcoin aspect, and, and I'll touch on it now. Um, a lot of people say, "Listen, uh, I, I mentioned the inefficiencies that are put into into place on a blockchain to make sure that it's kind of uncrackable." Now, um, a, a, if you were to go and buy something with Bitcoin today, you probably find that your transaction, first of all, it doesn't settle immediately. It doesn't; it's not final. It takes minutes. You know, it could take, potentially take half an hour. And nowadays, because there's a, a, a limitation on how many transactions per second we can have, uh, it can potentially take days to actually uh, move money from one person to another. That is not a good replacement for what we have today you know if you go pay something with your visa card you know swipe the card authenticate a couple seconds later boom done Um, and also at a very low cost right now bitcoin is not low cost and it's not quick Um, and uh, a lot of people say well then it's never going to work because how can it compete against these existing companies remember this is now an alternative what, what Bitcoin has created and the blockchain has created is an alternative system. And also it's early days. So just like the internet once upon a time, you know, back in the good old days was rubbish, you know, it was slow. And uh, there was not much on it, you know, you couldn't do much on the internet. And you certainly wouldn't put your credit card information in, you know, to, to buy stuff. Um, uh, we're kind of there with blockchain. You know, we're still in the early days where we now have this sort of alternative system that, that isn't, isn't, the, isn't better than what we have, but it's different. And uh, uh, given again uh, what's going on in the world it's now becoming more feasible to think about it as you know a viable alternative Um, so don't let uh, the early days that we are in today put you off and say this is never going to work that is obviously extremely short-sighted it's like saying in the 90s it's never going to work because I cannot stream movies uh, efficiently yeah Yes, they're very well. They're just planning. They're talking, uh, and uh, um, I know that uh, um, you know they mentioned that they are thinking about a currency, but that's just because they are thinking about it. Uh, So uh, they, at this stage, are, are you know engaging vendors and and companies like mine and straight. Um, to just try and understand what's going on. Also, um, you know, they they are thinking in terms of policies, you know, that might be required, regulations that might be required. But at this stage, there's there's no business that is operating on a blockchain and, you know, exchanging money on a blockchain. So there's no, you know, they can't really sink their teeth into anybody yet and say, what you're doing, we don't like, now we want to introduce a new policy. So they depend on us to now go ahead, which which I'm pleased about. You know, the, you know the whole idea of uh, regulation follows innovation. That's sort of their thinking right now. Um, I have a Bitcoin business, and uh, uh, you know we, we're open with them and telling them what we're doing and, and bouncing ideas off them. But it's still kind of informal. Um, I think, uh, uh, as all central banks are around the world, they're just waiting and seeing what happens. And if there are problems that come up, then they will then be able to make a decision. But right now they are just you know they're having workshops like this they you know they are they have got some people there that are are researching it and looking into it um, and uh, that's kind of the state that it is right now but remember it you know a a blockchain especially in terms of currency is by definition, outside of their ambit. So it's going to be very difficult for them to insert themselves into a Bitcoin world. Um, Bitcoin, can, you cannot insert yourself into a Bitcoin world. But the places that they might be able to insert themselves are the businesses that are facilitating Bitcoin transactions on behalf of customers. You know, so if you are taking money from somebody in exchange for a Bitcoin service, then they can at least enforce you know, typical KYC-type or AML-type uh, regulations. Um, but they are depending on us. To now break that ground so they can pounce when they need to. Not pounce, but hold hands and guide. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Yep. I think the first trade finance deal was done on blockchain and smart contracts late last year. Mm. Has there been a lot of volume since then? No, those are um, are POCs. Uh, I mean, you know. uh, Um, It's very important, I mean, this is what's happening, you know, all these companies are are experimenting, the NASDAQ obviously has a private market on a blockchain and this voting thing, but they are very open about the fact that they're not doing a a blockchain system because it solves a problem, they just want to learn, you know, uh, that's that's why they have decided to create a a market on, on a blockchain, so they can figure it out and see if it's valuable. They haven't said, "Hey, this looks, this works great. Let's go do it. It solves our problem." Um, that trade finance deal—I remember Barclays and was it cotton or cheese? I don't know. But uh, they, you know, that's what—that's what these companies are doing. They have to go and experiment, and they have to see how it works and uh, see where the problems are and see if it does solve those sorts of problems. So we, we, we're gonna to continue to see these things that are happening and uh, I'll always look out for them eagerly and I'm waiting for the day when somebody says, we now have a commercial you know, uh, thing in production and it's, it's, it's saving us money or it's making us money and it's far more efficient and better than we, what we had before. But today, th- ha- th- that hasn't happened. Um, um, but uh, of course, you're gonna see this kind of experimentation and it's absolutely necessary but uh, you know we are looking forward to the day when, when somebody says we did it. it hasn't happened yet although there has been a lot of cases of people saying i moved a million rand to china and it cost me a dollar and nobody knew about it yes <laughs> i mean that i mean it sounds scary but if that's doable i mean isn't that amazing you know anyway okay yeah sorry this uh, on the corner uh, just a quick question i mean oi Mm. Um, blockchain would it be more ideal in a procurement environment for corporates i can't tell you that uh, you know at this stage you might be able to create a system that uses a blockchain in that particular situation but uh, whether it's better than what we have now uh, if you want to go and de- develop this then and you can tell us later but you know there are 1001 use cases zero business cases That's the status that we are in today. Except the payments aspect. I'll keep on saying that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much.